ignore and outperform them. While you're over there watching me and talking about me, I'm working. I'm working hard. I'm taking things to the next level. You keep gossiping and I'll keep working. You keep talking smack and I'll keep working. You keep focusing on everything and everyone else and I'll keep working. And when you finally look around at where you are and where I'm at, you realize that you have nothing left to talk smack about. You will lose and I will win. Hello. This is an ad. Listen, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that there isn't a group of people out there that hate me with very depth of their souls. I am also not going to sit here and pretend that I fully understand the reasoning behind it, other than the baseless and completely fabricated things that they've made up. But what I can tell you is that extreme paranoia and overbearing anger issues and your shitty behavior are a sign that you probably have worms. What you can do with that is you can go to MrsRogersHood.com, use Shipwreck 10 at checkout, and get yourself 10% off of a worm tincture kit. People having worms have been reported to cause behavioral issues, unnecessary anger problems, and extreme paranoia in some instances. And let me tell you, Mrs. Rogers Hood has something just for you. Again, that's MrsRogersHood.com. You ship Brett Tenna checkout and get yourself a kit so you can live happy and healthy lives like the hundreds of other people who have left amazing reviews on their website. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Shipwreck Show. My name is Shipwreck, and I will be your hostess with the mostest. And tonight we've got Ship and Shannon Saturday shenanigans. Let's go, baby. We're going to talk Let's... about rats. Rats. <laughs> rats. Lo I love it. Elizabeth, hello, Mindbender. Elizabeth Biddlebottom, welcome. Over. Live's good to see you. Must take over. It's fine. I do these a lot. So if you ever want to just, I'm. So here I try. For it. Sometimes I try to just like keep it on a different, like, I don't know, tone. And I'm like, yeah. hey, guys. Hey, hey, guys. Hi. Nice to be in here. <laughs> Wouldn't you guys love that? Isn't, what's that called? What's that? The, the fucking sound thing? What's that called? People watch that stuff. What was it? Oh, ASMR? Oh, yes. That. Like, what is that? Oh, that drives God. me nuts. That makes my anxiety just whoosh. Like, stop touching that. Oh, my God. Do what? Lily's Flowers, what's up? Texas Buckeye okay. Girl and Scott Meyer, welcome to live. It's good to see you. And Raysa, uh, James Sachs, you guys, it's good to see you. A very happy Saturday to all of you. I hope you're having the best night ever. I hope you're staying warm. Some of us had storms. Some of us did not. We had a beautiful day today. 50 degrees today. Went to the lake, took my dog, got nice. him muddy. Nice. Wow. I mean, yeah. It was supposed to be nice here. Uh, but the, like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be honest with you. They, they lied. They, they like the, there was still this super cold like cut through your skin wind uh, and yeah, it yeah. just it really sucked the fun out because i was so excited it was supposed to be like 50 something here and i was like oh hell yeah nah nah wow Lies. they do That's well what they, i'm they glad do you enjoyed the day i did it was a good day i mean today was a good day so we're day. here tonight and tonight we're going to talk about something called the behavioral sink and it was the rat experience. And the behavioral sink is a term that was invented by etiologist John B. Calhoun. And he used it to describe 
like a collapse in behavior, which can result in overcrowding. That was the ideology behind it. The term concept derived from the series of overpopulation mm -hmm. experiments Calhoun conducted on Norway rats between 1958 and 1962. In the experiments, Calhoun and his researchers created a series of rat utopias in closed spaces in which rats were given unlimited access to food and water, enabling uh, unfettered, unfettered, population growth and Calhoun he's the one that coined the term behavioral sink but the experiment did not go as he thought it was going to go the whole idea behind it was to kind of get an idea of what happens when you put multiple people or you have like an overcrowded population in a very dense area Am I and but shoot it didn't go as he thought it would yeah well I was just okay so love the fact oh, we touched on this but like it's your show. And I love to learn stuff along with everybody else. I know a little mm -hmm. bit. Am I wrong in, in saying that they gave them like everything they needed? They didn't have mm -hmm. to work for anything. Like they were mm -hmm. gifted all the things. And that was part even of the demise, if you will. It was. And there okay. was even a group that had broken off from the main population. And they lived up in the corner of the enclosure. And all they did all day long was groomed themselves. And he called that group like the beautiful ones, right? Because that's all they did. They had long, luxurious coats because all they did all day was groom. They wouldn't mute. They wouldn't mate. They would eat and groom. And that's it. See, I didn't know. So I'm so excited for the details of this. It's so bizarre yes. to relate that to people and mm -hmm. civilization because it's like, oh, I know that. Cities. I know that group. Well, and that's what we're going to do. So I've got a whole video that kind of breaks it all down and explains what it is. And we could talk after the video. And then I've got another video of a couple other podcasters who, who kind of correlate it with what's going on right now. And then even tie in like yeah. Hollywood and stuff. Now, the second video, I'm going to warn you guys up front is rather boring. Um, it's, it's, it's a good video. It's full of really good facts, but they're very monotone. And so we'll do our best to like, I don't make know, dance or something. Yeah. You make faces and We'll do something to keep it in. Yeah, I totally hear you. It's hard to find. It's that I I've said, I think I'll probably say it too much, but to find the video that says what you want, like what we can't necessarily do. Sometimes you're like, okay, their voice sucks, but just try to listen. Okay. Just listen. Well, this first, the first one isn't, isn't as bad. And this is, um, this is, uh, from today I found out yeah, this ring. one's about four years old. Wing. <laughs> We also make just before we get started, I do want to thank Brilliant for sponsoring this video today. To support today, I found out and here's learn more about Brilliant, go to brilliant.org slash today, I found out. Sign up for free. In 1968, an expert on animal behavior and population control called John B. Calhoun built what was essentially a utopia for mice that was purpose-built oh, to satisfy their every need. Despite going out of his way to ensure the inhabitants of his perfect mouse society never wanted for anything, within two years, virtually the entire population was dead. So, what happened? Dubbed Universe 25, Calhoun's Mouse Utopia was built with the needs of its mouse inhabitants firmly in mind and was designed to specifically cater to their every whim. Containing plentiful food, water, bedding, and at least initially space, the enclosure was described as follows. 
A tank, 101 inches square, enclosed by walls 54 inches high. The first 37 inches of wall was structured so that the mice could climb up, but they were prevented from escaping by 17 inches of bare wall above. Each wall had 16 vertical mesh tunnels, called them stairwells, soldered to it. Four horizontal corridors opened off each stairwell, leading to four nesting boxes. This means 256 boxes in total, each capable of holding 15 mice. Well-versed in rodent populations from dozens of previous experiments, something that's kind of apparent when you realize that the enclosure was called Universe 25, Calhoun anticipated that his mouse paradise could reliably and more importantly comfortably house 3,840 mice. Before that, though, he needed to pick the proverbial Adam and Eve of his mouse Garden of Eden. Calhoun eventually settled on four breeding pairs of mice specifically bred for the experiment and handpicked from the most healthy specimens from the National Institute of Health's own breeding colony. Now, before we get into discussing what happened next, we should give some background information about how this experiment came to be and what it was hoping to accomplish. Prior to creating Universe 25, Calhoun had performed a number of similar experiments with rodents that started all the way back in the 1940s. All of these ended in failure when the population either stalled or turned on itself. For example, in one experiment, Calhoun created an enclosure that could easily have housed 5,000 rats, but the eventual population never rose above 200 despite unlimited food, unlimited water, and a complete absence of any predators or any threats. Isn't that weird? Furthermore, Calhoun That's noticed that, again, insane. despite ample space, his rodents would often crowd together, which resulted in a breakdown of social structure amongst the population. This unusual phenomenon led Calhoun to coin the phrase behavioral sink to describe what he felt was the inevitable collapse of any overpopulated society. Calhoun's experiments eventually caught the eye of the National Institute of Mental Health, or NIMH, who were intrigued about the observed effects of overpopulation in rodents, specifically if any of the observed phenomenon could be applied to humans. To this end, the NIMH gave Calhoun access to a small piece of land that they owned in Maryland and the funding that was needed to construct Universe 25. The stated goal of the experiment was simply to see whether a perfect society would flourish. Initially, the experiment it proved successful, and the mice lived in relative harmony, and within a year, the population of eight super-healthy mice had swelled to a respectable 620 members. Great care was taken to ensure the mice were taken care of. Food and water it was unlimited, which allowed the mice to eat or drink whenever they pleased, and there was always space and clean bedding available so females could rear young in peace and safety. Despite this, Calhoun noticed that after day 35 of the experiment, things started to go wrong. First of all, there was a noticeable drop in population growth. While initially the population of the mouse heaven had doubled every 55 days, after day 315 it doubled, according to Calhoun's notes, approximately every 145 days. This made little sense, as there was still ample space to house another 3,000 mice. In addition to a drop in population growth, Calhoun also noticed an abrupt change in behavior in both males and females. Social bonds broke down and male mice, without a reason to defend their territory or food source since both were plentiful, became dejected, forming cliques that randomly attacked one another for seemingly no reason. Females similarly began abandoning young or even attacked them, and slowly but surely, both males and females simply stopped breeding. In the lead-up to this, certain of the male mice began continually mating with whatever mouse happened to be around, be it male or female. Many of the mice also began to simply kill and eat one another, despite the abundance of other food sources. Mothers also abandoned their babies. Mice would crowd together in groups of 50 or more in pens designed to hold 15 individuals, while pens with plentiful bedding sat completely empty, just inches away. 
Most intriguing of all were a small group of males and females who withdrew themselves from mouse society altogether to live in the upper levels of the enclosure that Calhoun described as the beautiful ones. These mice did nothing but sleep, eat, and groom themselves, and this gave them noticeably smoother-looking coats, which, along with their isolation, meaning no scars from attacks, led to their nickname. They seemingly lost interest in all meaningful social bonds and refused to interact or mate. The last birth in Universe 25 took place on day 600, and from that moment on, the population it slowly dwindled. Even when the population rescinded to levels where the mice had previously flourished, they refused to breed or go back to their old way of interacting. A few months later, all of the mice were dead. Calhoun noted that although the population had survived for many months afterwards, it had effectively died on the 315th day, the day the social bonds broke down, stating, Their spirit has died the first death. They are no longer capable of executing the more complex behaviors compatible with species survival. The species in such settings die. Calhoun saw his experiments as a warning bell for humanity, with his belief being that overpopulation would inevitably lead to social collapse and thus the extinction of the human race. Others have taken a less nihilistic view of his work and believe that his results are comparable to what would happen in a human society, as, after all, we are slightly more complex and self-aware creatures than mice. That said, what's often lost in Calhoun's work is what came after, in which he continued to research and tweak environmental variables to try and find ways to keep the mice from going down the extinction path, even as the population density grew. And, in fact, he had some success at this. For instance, in one case, via simply encouraging creativity in certain mice by various means. Giving them a sort of purpose here, it actually worked, with the creative mice continuing to thrive well beyond what would have otherwise been expected from the previous experiments. In the end, whatever one's opinion of whether Calhoun's work is actually relevant to humans, it's still kind of fascinating that a near-rodent utopia resulted in the mouse equivalent of the purge. Now, if you enjoyed watching... I, I, have, I have so many thoughts. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. And it seems like everybody in the comments is getting it, too. This seems You're like right. what's happening right now. It's so you familiar. Start give everybody everything that they need that they don't have to fight for it they don't have to compete for it there's no you just get it yeah, participation have, trophies a hundred percent not only that they're taking away like they don't want us to talk to each other and that sucks they don't want dialogue they don't want conversations and that truly does take away from us it's crazy how he said oh you're Overpopulation. The guy on the podcast, he said overpopulation was the demise. That's not true. That was not the demise of this situation. There was still plenty of room. They were just all packed together. They were made to be so weak and so vulnerable. Correct. They, they had no reason. They had no reason to fight. They had, and all of their natural instincts never kicked in because it never. They point. never had to. Mm -hmm. They never had to hunt for food. They never had to fight for food. They never had to fight for, they had nothing to fight for. It's almost like they took their, their spirit and just crushed it. I mean, is this not socialism? Yeah. That is essentially, yes. Yeah. Um, that's why they want to make the alliances. This is an interesting, because I was researching the, th the, the 15 minute cities too, when we were doing all of this for the last week's show. And it got me wondering, like, what happens if you put all those, like, the social construct is going to break down, right? Mm -hmm. We already don't know. We already are, are breaking down the social construct. People already don't have their, you know, there's no more really grandmas or mothers or fathers. They're trying to remove all of those terms. Absolutely. The things that make people people, the things that yeah. make you 
who you are, uh, they're trying to remove those that that those terms. And so then you're left with nothing but to yeah, sit you, in a corner of a cage and groom yourself all day. A thing instead of like like what birthing people versus mother mm-hmm. cough, you know. And, and I think the only difference, and and it's it's still few and far, well, maybe not as few and far between as they want us to believe. The only difference between us and these mice or these rats or whatever is the people like that are in the comments and the people that are like us that are like, no, no, no. I would rather go fish for my own food or hunt for my than be under your thumb. You're not going to tell me. How does it go? But there's still so many that are like, it's easier to just be quiet. Well, you fall into the same, mm-hmm. unfortunately. If we learned anything over the last couple of years, people will fall into compliance for comfortability real fucking quick. Oh, like real yeah. quick, uh-huh. real quick. How many people would put masks on just to be able to go to the grocery store rather yeah. than to drive another 10 Even minutes to the they grocery didn't store agree. that doesn't require masks? Yep. Right. Whether it was they just didn't want to hear it, whatever it was. For uh, compliance for comfortability, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. It was, it was so disappointing. It's first of all, it's still happening. We've we've touched on this, mm-hmm. and it's just so, it's so disappointing to see. But then you think about like this experiment, like these, like I want to talk to some of these people and be like, where where did you go? Where where did you like? Where is your like anything that is just like strength? Like it's just gone. It's been wiped. Yeah, but this scared of that. I have a theory on that too. Kind of. I I think specifically with like Gen Z, because that's kind of the generation that we're dealing with right now is Mm -hmm. Gen Z. They're the ones that are the wearing the cat collars in school and whatever. Oh my god. Yeah. So Gen Z would have been raised by millennials Mm -hmm. and maybe, maybe the end of the boomers, maybe some of the Gen Xers too, but Gen, so we were we were raised. It's kind. I'm trying to think how I want to say this. So, like Gen X and the and the early millennials, we were raised by boomers, and we were raised with a heavy hand. That's fair oh, to say. The majority sure. of us, yeah, right? For sure. Yeah. I mean, how many of you were heard were told to stop crying, or you're going to get something to cry about? That's mm-hmm. what I got. Oh quite often, God. Right? So we mm-hmm. had this kind of. We had to get tough real fast, uh, and yes. so. When we are raising our kids, obviously we're working through our own stuff too at the same time. And I'm not saying all of us, like, I feel like, I don't feel like I raised my kid any differently really than my parents. I didn't talk to him like that, but. Right. There are certain things, maybe my tone has changed, but I admittedly stop crying or I'll give you something to cry about. I've said it. But then it was like the helicopter parents were born out of that. And so now we've got this. So then the kids were never allowed to fall down and get hurt. They were never told no. Mm -hmm. Okay. Their feelings were never invalidated. They were never, you know, dismissed or ignored. I see Mm -hmm. it now happening. I mean, you're letting your child dress a cat to go to school and shit in a litter. What the fuck? Yeah. I can't help but be like, where, where are your parents? There's a breakdown there. For sure. We have this whole generation of, of, kids that you know that were never told no and so this is kind of the generation that we're dealing with right now and mm-hmm. I, I they don't have the natural ability to defend themselves they don't they have the natural oh, yeah because they never had to they, they were never, never put in a situation where they their lights were turned off or they didn't have any food in the cupboard or mm-hmm. you know and i'm a, again i'm not saying everybody i am saying right 
from what I can see, a very a vast majority of yeah, of the people them. born of like our gen, like as children while we were children, there is the the people that came out of that, and this applies no matter what situation. You're like, you either say, yeah, this is kind of the line that I'm gonna tow, or you say, I will never do that to my kids because you just your mindset is so different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're they're like like my parents. My old man was a yeller and I don't yell at my children. Mm-hmm. Um, I, right. we, I do it differently, um, but they still get punished. I think right. there is, like I said, this Gen Z is out here. And so like these parents that they're trying to overcompensate. And so we've got an entire generation that doesn't know how to defend themselves. And since mm-hmm. they don't know how to defend themselves or they don't have any real trauma, they make trauma up. Uh, like every single Gen Z I see out here, they're all like, I have PTSD from being mislabeled or misgendered. Oh God. Oh right. no, you don't. No, no you don't. You're no, you're you mad don't. and you're throwing a tantrum. It's possible. Yes. Your sure. feelings are hurt. Very possible. Right. But you do not have PTSD from being misgendered by the no. guy at McDonald's. No. Okay. You don't need to be shaking and crying in your car. Suck it up a little bit. Oh God, you're saying like it's the but when I see that shit and I I also try to tell myself, okay, it's all relative. Mm-hmm. But like, and I know, I know but I see that shit. I'm like, are you are you? You are, you are, whether they could be 20 years old and that is genuinely something that's making them cry. So just blows in, my in, in, mind. to tie this in with the rats then. So now you've got a, you've got a generation of, let's say these rats, Gen Z, they are these rats. They are, we're given everything, shelter, food. They never had to fight mm-hmm. for anything. They never had any kind of purpose. They never had any kind of uh, really anything. They were just kind of handed everything. Right. And now look at what, now look at their ideology right their ideology is we don't want to have babies we are we are you know we don't want responsibility the the abortion which is fine i am i'm okay with that if you don't want to have babies it's fine well they're they're pansexual like they don't know what their gender is their gender flips from day to day they have it isn't about the intimacy of sex either it it swings one of two ways either they don't have sex at all or it's very casual hookup culture And it kind of goes with the same thing with these rats, right? They were given everything mm-hmm. and everything was going good. But then when it reached a certain number, when it reached a certain societal point, when societal started to break down and they, mm-hmm. you know, they were, there was gay rats and home, <laughs> like in straight rats. Mm-hmm. And the, there were all kinds of these rats just doing all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. As soon as it started to break down, they stopped mating. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing that kind of happen now. These, I, these, this, they yes. don't want to, yeah, they are, they are full on making TikToks, they're proud of the fact that, and I'm not saying they shouldn't be. I'm saying that this is what's happening. They are proud of the fact that they're not going to have children. They are proud of the fact that basically their their lineage dies with them. Right. And that's okay. I don't think there's I anything mean, wrong not, with that. If that's your genuine personal, what sucks in our position is like they are being heavily influenced at such an influential age. Who put the rats in the cage? just a hundred right that's the per like that's, that's the, people. the person that's the person a hundred percent because like i remember growing up i always thought i would have kids and then i actually i reached a point in my later teens like between teens and 20s uh i didn't think i wanted to i didn't want kids ever I'm i was a, one of those people i didn't want to have kids i wanted to be ceo where i and- that is also where i got I, but look at us now Look at us now. I wouldn't trade it for anything now, no, but no, I, I understand I the ideology we're behind We're raising it. some, you know, because mm-hmm. I would argue that the generation that we are raising 
will be nothing like the shit that we're dealing with right now. But racist says society is making it too easy to go around their parents in extreme. It's an extreme over. It really is. It, is. it really is. It it's makes it easier problem. for children. I just read a story where one kid called CPS on their parents, oh, social services on their parents it. because, because they misgendered them because they would not call them by their pronoun. Oh, uh, and, but the problem with it is, and is instead of being like, look, you got to work this out with your parents. They showed up. Oh, and did a case. So God. they're, they're, they're feeding into this. And obviously money plays into that, right? The more money, you know, cause of CPS course. gets paid for every case that they take on, but because the person that started the experiment. Right. And so nobody, nobody is coming down like our old man's used to and been like, listen, if you don't stop your crying about your pronouns, I'm going to give you something to cry about. Like 100%. nobody is because every time that they do, or every time something like Someone that does happen, you it, take their kids away. Yeah. Social media explodes and it's on the uh, news and right. it's a smear campaign from hell as to where before it might be your small town smear campaign, but now it's a national thing. Like everybody's right. going to know about it and, and they're going to know about it within minutes. It's created it, a big problem. It's yeah. such a catch 22 because when it comes, well, not a catch 22 necessarily, but I am very clear about certain things from our generation that I'm totally here for some changes. Uh, there's this false idea that a principal, superintendent, and a teacher have more power over your children than you do. Correct. And I go out of my way with my children talking about respect is certainly a thing. You know, we have these conversations, but I make the I make the decisions. I make the rules. As mm -hmm. far as being fearful of these people when you're as long as you're not doing anything wrong is ridiculous. If I say something different is a prime example of, I don't how, for lack of, for a very specific, if someone hits my child, I 100% expect her to hit them back as hard as she can. Mm -hmm. And that's, but now she doesn't just, she's not the first one. If she hasn't, if someone has, you hit them back as hard as you can, so they'll never do it again. And the teacher, the principal, whoever will say, now, no, we don't do that. You go tell the teacher. And I'm saying, listen to me very carefully. I am your mother. Who would you rather get in trouble by? <laughs> and then they, you know, and then it clicks. But I have to, you know, and now they're older, obviously a little bit older. But we've had those conversations over the years because they are not in charge. They don't take Damn. priority over mama millennials where a lot of us came from you just got slapped not saying it's right but hey like i'll be the like i raised a millennial um i'm jet so i'm generation x i know there's some confusion with that i was born in 83 and i've been generation x up until about five years ago when all of a sudden they told me i wasn't anymore but i'm not same. i'm not rolling with that i'm still generation same. x 100 i don't understand that i don't I'm either i'm like who fucking so, changed it no that's embarrassing i'm x I'm raising my kids very differently, obviously, than my parents are raising me. But I'm also with the same ideology, right? That mm -hmm. listen, I they're in public school, but we've talked to them about this a hundred times. Like it's I think a game it's, with the public school. It is. Yeah. You got to play the game. You got to go in order to pass. Like this is what it is. But it doesn't matter. Different. It's not life or death. We don't hang it over. They don't get grounded for shit because of school. Like this is. Oh, a, yeah, no. It's. I don't know, but it ties in with the rat theory because now a lot of them don't want to have children. And I made a TikTok about this earlier this week to talking about this, how like with the transgender, right? And the LGBTQ, uh, the LGBTQ community. Yeah, this massive. This, this keeps going. Like it's not gonna, 
And they're, they're, they're all for casual abortions, right? And they don't want families and they, they don't want children, you know, abortion, and, that's, and they, they celebrate they, them. Yeah. And it's, but that's going to die with that. Does that make like that, that yeah, ideology is going to, it's going to die with them because it can't carry over into a new generation as no, to where the rest of us are. Like, we see things a little bit differently. We see things as they're going and we have, we have concerns that it's going to carry over to the next generation. Uh, but it's probably not going to. Like we talked about right. Jeffrey Marsh. Like Jeffrey Marsh's ideology I is going to no, die with Jeffrey not to Marsh. I'm like super ignorant, but I don't know who that is. We all know I've taken a massive step back. I've seen it in the comments, but I, I honestly, guys, sorry, I don't, I don't know who Jeffrey Marsh is. That's okay. He's a guy on TikTok. Oh, <laughs> it doesn't, okay. it doesn't matter. He made a Patreon and invited a bunch of kids to come and talk privately about their sexual Fuck preferences off. with him. That's what I'm saying. Oh, this mother. I'd like to hang out with him. We'll probably do a show Mom. on him some night. <clears throat> some oh, night. But that's okay. that's kind of the ideology behind okay. it, right? All right. There's you no generation. Woo! There's the only the only generation that's going to come after this is the generation. So it'd be Generation Alpha. So it'd be our kids. And Generation Alpha is going to be very small because nobody else is having kids. They're okay. they're not. And someone's like, I know personally a trans family that just had it, and that's fucking great. But I've seen at least a thousand videos of tens of thousands of people at these marches not wanting children when it came to Roe versus Wade <clears throat> and having casual abortions yeah, and never going to have children. Oh God. So, the casual abortion thing is such an issue. Like, because I've met with, and I don't have a perfect stance, not the topic of conversation, but what I do know for a fact is that any woman I've ever met or talked to that was even considering this at an early, very early stage, it was mm -hmm. not casual. So they they were not in a great place. They were devastated. Right. It was supposed stressed. to be a one-off kind of they thing. They were right. It wasn't like it wasn't birth control by any stretch of the imagination. And so that's there. There are certain things that obviously just fucking pissed me off. But I will say, the things I see in my world and in my community is a really fantastic generation of children. Truly. But that's yeah, I think nicely like in, in, in the people that follow me in our community as well, we're, we're the same way, mm -hmm. but I'm right. saying that if you were to go to California, it's going to be very different, a whole different ballgame. And that's, you can't dismiss the, the level or the whole that there there's, there is going to be a generational gap. Huge. It's like, there's the going to be a big, like, especially if this abortion stuff keeps going the way that it's going. Uh -huh. you are going to see a huge generational gap for sure. And I have to say, Oh, sorry. It's going to be those people that are not going to carry on into the next generation. It's going to be our kids. And, and yeah. which I don't think enough people really thought about it. And I thought yeah. that was kind of interesting. That has strong stances. Like, they are in it. Right. It's not going to carry on past them well, as right. soon as they, and that's this is, it. this is You're where done. I think the ideology with the rats came from, because that's what happened. They stopped mating. Then okay. they died. Yeah, they and were so done. if this happens, there's that this whole group has stopped mating. Now they're not right. going to mate with men. They've all had signs. They, they put they, them up. They're right. all with their hairy chins and God, whatever. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but they've stopped mating because they were handed everything to them, including abortion, including right. <laughs> all of this. 
So they're just going to die off. And this is, I just thought that the rat experience was, their experiment was so interesting. And then I'd watched this other podcast uh, where these two guys were talking about, we're going to watch that one too. It is a little longer, Um, but they kind of tie it into society too, but they focus more on the, like the roles that Mm -hmm. the rats played and that people play as a whole. But And that they've lost, that's, yeah, I love, yeah. They lost, well, then it comes into the pronouns, right? So right. then you don't have you don't have the motherly role anymore. You're a birthing person, right? Which so, is so annoying. I would love, like, from a single mother perspective, been single for a very long time, but like mm-hmm. for me personally, as independent and strong as I am, listen, I would love that man in my life that if he mowed the yard and weed ate it, and I did dis- dishes and laundry, we're even, or or reverse it. I don't. I don't give a mm-hmm. shit because I've had to do it all. for. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't have a problem with that. On Valentine's Day, if you change the oil in my car, I am thrilled. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff. Anyways. That can, okay. That kind of well, shit. let's let's listen to this one. Like I said, this one's longer. It's about 16 minutes. So Woo! we'll stop it and talk in between here and there. But it is still a really good take on the whole I'm a, thing. Yeah, I'm really curious about those. Uh, a body of research. Have you ever heard of John B. Calhoun or uh, the behavioral sync? John Calhoun. And it sounds like music. a Civil War general. Or was he? Uh, I'm sorry, is maybe, this the same but guy? The one I'm talking about no. is an ethologist uh, a different and behavioral guy. scientist best known for his study uh, on rat populations, dating way back to the latter half of last century. No, uh, I mean, is he I talking to himself? He worked. No, he's talking to that many guy. Universities. Um, also, John Hopkins and what Walter f- Reed. Okay. But much of his Focus. work was done for okay. NIM, the National Institute of Mental Health. NIM. I'm vaguely remembering a movie like The Secrets <laughs> of NIM. That, this is, that it's yeah, hard to listen was, to, uh, but just hang I with me. Inspired around his notoriety. No, um, in the me. sense no. that the research on rats at NIM, no, I'm just they do look so identifiable. Like that I feel like they're the same guy, but I'm here. But okay, I don't Focus. believe it was based on his actual specific research. Okay, yeah, I think it was a cartoon actually. Yeah, maybe they're twins. Anyway, among his work I mean, there was a set of okay. experiments called okay. Rat Universe. I'm not crazy. Uh, of which he created. Many. Talk, hello. These universes were spaces that had no shortage of food, water, or bedding, and there were no predators. The only limit was space. So they had everything in the quantities they would need as their colony grew, except space. Okay. He would start by introducing several males and several females to this space, this universe. And he, uh, along with his researchers, would track everything. Uh, Consumption, uh, mating, behaviors like uh, grooming, uh, biting, literally everything. So... And forgive me for not having the precise numbers, but as the experiments would unfold, at first, uh, things would go quite well. The population would double at a good clip, and the social behaviors were were normal for rats. But it couldn't keep doubling because the space was limited? Well, no, but the population growth started declining well before the amount of normal living space for the population was approached. So, for example... In his most robust universe, the population peaked to about 2,000 mice, but there was adequate space for a population twice that size. Oh, wow. So in these experiments, the only limitation, the physical dimension of the universe, never became an actual problem 
the rats had to deal with. So why did the uh, population decline? Good question. As the population neared its peak, new behaviors began to reveal themselves. There was a breakdown in social structure. Uh, females would abandon their young before weaning or, or simply entirely. Yikes. Sometimes the females would attack their young. Non-dominant males rejected social interactions. There was a marked increase of pansexuality. And, and then there was this group that John dubbed the beautiful ones that rejected all social interactions and just stayed to themselves. They didn't attempt to mate and they just groomed themselves all day. Hence, the beautiful ones. This is fascinating. Yeah, it is. It, what's most interesting is that these effects were permanent. So even as the population declined to say 100, where every mouse could have a mansion in terms of space, the effects continued. Even when there were 20 mice. Really? There were many of these universes made and every single one ended the same way. That is scary. So, so, so overcrowding caused their society irreparable damage? Well, look, many people used his research at the time. I know, to just express fear bear with me. Overcrowding, because that's what it appeared to show. But John recognized this as a disconnect. I he is, is, but I love the way he's explaining it. it. I'm going to keep and muting he later myself lamented though, because he's he so quiet. Get the correct message across about his research. And what was that? Well, from what I've read, some being John's fleeting comments and notes, it appears that. And especially because his universe has never reached true crowdedness, I believe his comments on social roles are most relevant. Okay, is this like a Dunbar's number where you have. No, 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 no not really. No. Dunbar's number is largely irrelevant for 99.9% .9 of the population, right? It essentially just describes an individual's limit uh, of stable participation. You know, um, there's some problems around that and that it was extrapolated from primates whose social construction was, I mean, at least it could be, which to me is obvious, uh, limited by natural occurrence. Natural occurrence of resources, the... habitat, food. Okay. Calhoun's research pointed to a much smaller number, something around 12 maybe, that represented important social roles. So think mother, father, grandmother, best friend, and so on. Okay. So it wasn't crowdedness. His rat universes used increasing crowdedness to bring into existence more frequent social contact. Calhoun postulated that it was likely just the increased social contact. And remember, they had no predators, right? No shortage of resources. And they never even got close to not having enough space. Okay, that makes sense. So it wasn't the physical overcrowding. Correct. And in my estimation, and I believe Calhoun's too, uh, that overabundance of social roles degrades the value of all social roles. What does that mean exactly? Okay, well, so let's say this was 200 years ago and you lived on a farm with your family. And, you know, you go to school a few days a week. Well, your mom and your dad and your siblings... Uh, a teacher and a pastor, maybe a few friends. All of them are, let's say, 100 power in your world. Let's say your world, the majority of your world is 12 people. Okay. Now, let's say today, you not only have 
and this is important, uh, maintain contact with friends from preschool, kindergarten, grade school, high school, college. That's in addition to baseball teams, football, tennis, and all that. And all your friends, all their siblings and their parents. In this environment, you can imagine instead of everyone being a hundred power in your world, everyone's now maybe 70 power in your world. Okay, but your parents are still 100 now. Maybe not. Maybe because of your exposure to so many people, your parent, who's a good parent, right? And maybe they should be 100 power, but you've seen only the best parts of many other people's parents, right? And even though you might feel guilty, you begin to think your parent, who's actually great, could be better. But that could just be an illusion, kind of like Instagram. Right. Now, this is where I extend Calhoun's research. So far, we've talked about physical population density. And I don't know, do you know uh, Simon Sinek? Uh, yeah, that name sounds familiar, but I can't bring him to mind right now. Well, he's a cultural anthropologist and has some great insight on the effects of social media, especially on our young. Okay, yeah, yeah, I've seen some of his videos. Well, I believe some of his observations weigh on Calhoun's research. If you look at Calhoun and Sinek hard enough, I think a new idea can be extrapolated. Now, I'm not claiming I'm the first to see this, though I'm not aware of anything having been pointed out. But look, we're all familiar with population, right? It's a number. But does your mobile phone or social media use alter this number? Oh, of course. Right. So I have postulated that perhaps there's such a thing as effective population. So, you know, like in taxes, you have a tax rate, right? Which is much like a population number. It's a known known. But when you finally get through all your taxes, deductions, dependents, uh, qualifications, you know, all that stuff, you have a different number, right? You have an effective tax rate. Oh, yeah. I totally see what you're saying. The, the population in America might be 300 million, but social media and mobile phones might make it effectively twice that or more. Exactly. So we might be approaching quote-unquote critical density, an overabundance of social roles, even in the absence of the normally causative physical overpopulation. Oh yeah, that is definitely what is happening. One of the things that bolsters this idea is the fact that since Facebook opened access to their platform to the public, uh, since that point in time, like 2007, the year after that, teen suicide went from a decline to an incline. And since then, it has doubled. Doubled? Doubled. So you have all children viewing false versions of others, vivifying false social role models, right? The one picture they chose out of the hundred they took with the best angles and the best lighting then that picture is altered to look even better. Yeah. Then you add celebrities into the mix, showing off their lifestyle and their luck. And their luck is often disguised as talent, right? When you compare yourself to all that, it's not good. No, it's not. You know, not to change the subject, but I can't believe in 2020, actors, these people, to everything is given, right? Much more than they've earned physically that they still have the nerve, the gall, to have award shows. 
like what is that trophies and it's not even once a year they're giving themselves trophies multiple times a year yeah what we reward is sick it doesn't even make sense yeah but i didn't want to derail your thoughts there sorry well okay but i mean just to add to that you know i mean your hollywood it's now more like a cult right i mean there is a reason why everyone in hollywood has a lockstep narrative right cults have a lockstep narrative i mean i mean look they'll punish other states for not seeing things the way they want to see it so it's not difficult to think they don't punish their own ranks for not lockstepping their narrative uh, no not at all especially when you frame it that way well and and look i'm going to be controversial now if that's okay we're adults here paul you know the way i see it is we cannot afford to leave stones unturned right and just like in nature some stones are located in dangerous places you know like on a ledge but we still have to go get them and turn them over see what's there hey i like that that's a good way to look at it okay controversy ahead okay okay let's look back at the effects on the population near the peak and into the decline you had females being essentially anti-offspring right so of course rats don't have birth control but when they'd have offspring they'd abandon them or even attack them females became very aggressive right much more aggressive than normal now in our society today we see this lurch away from the exaltation of family and towards the exaltation of just a job right and we see a very aggressive feminist branch i would agree with that it definitely feels like the importance of family has decreased you know jobs have taken a higher status and i don't get it somehow selling insurance is more important than family right and now let's look at a big portion of males who have essentially removed themselves from society oh like migtao yeah and hikikomori and we see today whereas in the past it was for a reason right like towards something like religion we see today many young people especially males just rejecting being involved with society yeah that's a thing now in rat universes there was a marked increase in pansexuality and today Cassie, we can see an increase i love that in well at very least yeah. gender dysphoria now without analyzing how much of that is real versus generated we at least have to see this as having increased right pansexuality especially on the female side is approaching topical mainstream okay and i want to reiterate i am being controversial right i am not getting into the details of right or wrong or real or fake i'm just observing the prevalence in society you know i hope that's understood you know we're adults right we're having adult conversations yeah and and that's important right i mean if we're unable to have adult conversations well i mean perhaps that is how the beautiful ones begin right you know just turning away yeah some do take it as war though you know they're they're hurt by any notion however slight even in exploration it has to hurt if it's to heal <laughs> to the winch wench what <laughs> never mind no this is fascinating i have no doubt that human beings or any other social animal like rats for that matter cannot adequately consume 
an ever-increasing amount of social contacts. Well said, Paul. And, and to be more specific, to um, consume, right? Look, we consume things to become better, right? We eat to get energy. We read to get knowledge. Social contact is something we consume. And, and as we know, if we eat too much or eat junk, we become ill, right? If we read too much, we risk losing perspective. You can read too much. Well, sure, of course. I, reading, after all, is a deep social contact. That's a good point. I never looked at reading like that. It's probably one of the deepest social contacts of someone you don't know. And, and that's why we tend to overweight books or reading in general. See, reading enlists you as an accomplice to the writer's agenda. It asks you to participate in the act of creation by filling in the gaps with your own imagination. So a book, especially a well-written book, becomes partly your own creation, a puzzle you help create and solve. Oh yeah, I can see that. So, so that's why people are usually more fiercely defensive about the books they've read as opposed to TV or movies. I think it is. Right. I thought they were because brothers or something, but no, I think he's talking to himself. Oh, man. Straight up, same guy. It has to be. Yeah, and they're more Why do you guys come to, to these shows? The writer's points as their own, or take the writer's findings as truth without question. And that can be dangerous. Essentially, we're using too many words, right? I think it was said best, everything you add to the truth subtracts from the truth. Who said that? I believe it was Alexander Solzhenitsyn. I'll be back. Let some steam off, Bennett. Oh, wow, look at that. I know more of his quotes than you. <laughs> the doctor didn't know I was so adroit. Just before we get started, I do want to thank Brilliant so for sponsoring. Oh, the music's still going. Yeah, that's my music. So when we live streamed the State of the Union and the Twitter files hearings, it was really boring like this. And so I added yeah. background music. That's fantastic. <laughs> this guy is a, I, listen, I could listen to that guy no matter what anybody says. I, I could I listen to him for a very I long time. So, <laughs> I was so sucked in. I don't, I, like, I don't know. Me. There's no way I can show this because people so aren't going to stay. my attention like that. Like I'm like listening, and I didn't even realize it was he was talking to himself. Okay, I would like to point out that I said that straight out the gate. I was like, "Wait, is this the same?" I thought they were twins or something. I don't know. But no, he's talking to himself, hundred percent. He's like playing different roles. Well, so that's why he hasn't had another video in the last he four makes years. Sense, <laughs> makes sense though. Like, yeah, he the did. Way he, uh, I don't know, literates. Is that the right word I'm looking for? I could listen yeah. to him for a very long time. I know you guys are like, what? <laughs> but I, I really could. I really could. It's so social. The social construct. Is An so overabundance of a social role diminishes all social roles. That was the uh, best quote uh, that that's I took from that. So that's that's so that's your pronoun problem right fucking there. A hundred percent is because hundred percent. It takes away, everybody has to feel important in some way. And because they are, 
because mm -hmm. they are their role is important and that has that's being ripped away as if you're wrong because you're proud of who you are it's so disgusting not only that the whole social media thing you see a glimpse of of perfection and you cannot judge yourself in your life against that because the reality is you have no fucking idea what's behind that picture what's behind that video what's behind it is. whatever it is whatever it is i'll tweet it out too uh for those if you don't follow me on twitter if you can follow me on twitter but it is an overabundance of social role social roles diminishes all social roles hundred this is this is what happens with pronouns so you've got this an overabundance of pronouns you've got an overabundance of, of so, so now it's diminished all of them whether yeah, you're a him or a anymore. they her or a cat dog it doesn't matter it doesn't matter anymore because there's too many of them it diminished the whole ideology it. behind it yep a hundred percent that was and it it's detrimental it, it'll be the fall of society that that ideology will for, for sure. sure it all makes so much sense it makes sense to even the point of like looking at myself and like why I would get so angry at birthing person because most of my life, I'm like, if you want to call yourself Frank, when you are mm -hmm. uh, Amanda, if you will, I'm like, I don't really care. But when it came to certain things, it was like, when it came to, when it came to your social, my role, personal your societal, yeah, your my personal per social, you're coming from my like being called, you're going to come in and call me sis. You like a sis, you want to, you, right. that's what you're going to address me as, but like, you expect me to address you by your gender and ask you what you want to be called, but you're going to come in and automatically I'm not a pretender. call me sis. Right. I'm not, not either. I'm not going to pretend. Right. I'm not a pretender. Those mm -hmm. babies came from my uterus in my body. I was in the hospital for all those things. See, I get, yeah, that's just it. It's destroying our identity, our real identity. And so then you have these kids that are confused as it is at this age, and they're being so heavily influenced that however you feel on this day, that's what you are. No, mm -hmm. no, no, the fuck it's not. Well, and I think a lot of us took a lot of pride in, in the term mother or father, right? And that's kind yes, of, I mean, we have a whole day <laughs> when we but do. And I took a lot, I took, I take a lot of pride in being a mother. It was hard. Mm -hmm. Of a mother and of a father. Like, mm -hmm. I agree with you not to get, not, uh, you so, should, that's, you deserve you should. to. So to have it in, in a matter of three years, be knocked down to birthing person and to have the people, the likes of Jeffrey Marsh come out and tell me and preach to me what it must be like. To, I just, I do, I'm triggered. I shouldn't be because like we're healed and I shouldn't take things personally, but I took that, like, I take that a little personal because that's. That's my identity. I am right. a mother. And not, and not only that, I think as mothers or fathers, we have a protective instinct. And so mm -hmm. we want to protect, even if it's someone of the same age as us that can't handle it like we can. Like mm -hmm. I got something to say, because if it's going to hurt her feelings, even if I don't necessarily have as many, like I have something to say. And that is a maternal instinct whether no matter what and that i don't give a shit about your physical form these things are real paternal instinct maternal instinct mom's intuition really, 
Yeah. Mother is intuition. Yeah. They're real things. Absolutely. And there are things that biological men, no matter how many skirts you own, you're never going to experience ever. No, you're not just at all. Not. You're just. You're not. just not. And I. And to you know, see and the here's kind of destruction because of this. It, the rats right. and the people. It's identical. But because I have compassion for, I, I try to have compassion for a lot of people, and I do have mm-hmm. compassion for the transgender community. And that's why I'm, I'm all for including, like, I want to, let's do a transgender, let's do a transgender sport. Like I'm here for that. I would donate to that. I would get behind that. I would support that. A hundred percent. But to, to, I feel like, and I can't. Right. I feel like, I feel like instead of wanting to be included at this point, you are wanting to take over. And that's yeah, not you okay. You want to be excluded. You want to be more important. You don't want to be right. equals with anybody. Right. And, and that's my problem. And that's where this, above. that's where society is going to start breaking down. Like it we're, true. and I got in all fair, like, I feel bad for the people that went through, like even a little bit before our generation and some of our early generation that had to truly fight, whether it is the LGBT, those people, that truly want to be equals. And I, I've met I've, I've met them, I've talked to them, we've had real conversations. And like, you're talking about the transgender community. Like, I'm here for, I am here for that because we all, every single one of us matter. And all of those things, 100%. And I will respect, I will respect you whatever you want to do as a human. I absolutely As long as you're not, if you're not I'm, I'm not else, going to... By us, particularly children. Yeah, and Man, I'm not going to let you take over either. Right. Like, I, and you because can't like, come out here and and be, and and just be like sis. my personal no, beliefs. We're not going to do that. Agreed. Yes. Like my personal beliefs, I guarantee you. Like certain things, like the way that I live my life is such an independent and such a bitch to some degree. In all fairness, I can say that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't expect every woman to live their life the way that I do. You are not below me just because you are not like me. It, it not right. even close. But to see that the like this experiment, it just it makes perfect sense because it destroys individuality. I knew there was a reason. I knew there was a reason for the pronouns. I knew this had to play into it somehow. Because the pronouns didn't just fucking happen, okay? It was no, implemented. It was influenced. Was, it was started right. by somebody. And there was a reason behind it. But I could never figure out what the reason was. No, Other, you know, I couldn't have either until this. Because there's things that this. happen. You're like, where the fuck did that come from? No, someone planted from? it. And I would have never yeah. thought that until tonight. And this this is why. This is it. Because right. this, that's what happened right. with the rats. You're right. And that's going to, that's going to be the end of that, but that is going to be the end of that society. So then you got the group of the beautiful ones, right? I believe that's, that would be us. Like we're just out here in our corner grooming ourselves because we got nothing better to do. Right. Yeah. Taking care of them. We're not going to eat our babies. We're not going to, you know, um, and I think that's, but eventually the rest of that population is, they're going to die off. And, and, Gonna be that's gonna be it i don't know but shan we're at the top of our hour wow, that already so that fast. was fast wow that, that was, was super fast so tonight fast. really you know, really enjoyed tonight's show 
I know. Do you want do you want to leave people with something before we wrap? Man, I had one and then I was overthinking last week's. Um God, I told myself to remember this quote. Why didn't I write it down? But the basis of it was believing in something insane or normal is merely based off of the amount of people that believe it. Yeah. So take that as you will, because that shit stuck. So hopefully that seems I, like I it'd think, be, yeah. that seems like it'd be a really good tweet, Shannon, for your Twitter that you haven't oh, started crap. yet. Okay. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. Okay. <laughs> I love right, you guys. guys. That's it. We're going to wrap. We love Give your faces. Alpha. Thank you so much for being here. Today is Sunday. Meaning we start no, next week. Let me look. Saturday. Today is Saturday. So uh, we don't. <laughs> we are. We have a nooner. So we're going to do a nooner on Tuesday. So far, I have on my list a Zelensky who came out and addressed the American people in a letter after we gave him $120 billion. Uh, he's not guy. happy. So we'll watch that whole thing. That's going to be on Tuesday. And then anything else that happens between now and then, we'll cover all that. That's going to be on Tuesday at the nooner. If anything else cool happens, we'll have another one, but we'll see. Uh, before then, but that's it. You guys, we love your faces. Thank you so much for being here. Keep her moving. Take it easy. Tell your mama I says hi and watch, out, watch for deer. out for deer. Bye guys. Back off, I'll take you on. Head strong and take on anyone. I know that you are wrong. you head strong. you head strong. You are wrong. You're hedged wrong. You're hedged wrong.